Next on PIJN News, Dr. Chaps reports on these important issues. A Marine corporal kicked out for Bible verses, a Christian school saying no prayer at football games, and a woman arrested by the police in her home for praying. Today we interviewed Jeremy Dice with First Liberty Institute. Former Navy Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt took a stand to defend religious freedom by daring to pray publicly in Jesus' name. Now he helps you by reporting the news, discerning the spirits, and praying the scriptures. Would you pray with us? Here's Dr. Chaps. God bless you in Jesus' name. My name is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, Dr. Chaps, and you're watching PIJN News. On this show, we like to do three things. We report the news, we discern the spirits, and we pray the scriptures in Jesus' name. And as part of reporting the news, today we have a newsmaking interview with one of the lead Christian defense attorneys in America. Jeremy Dice is senior counsel with First Liberty Institute. We go to him now live via Skype from Plano, Texas. Jeremy, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks so much for having me. So Jeremy, we're gonna get right into the news and we've been reporting on Monifa Sterling, the Marine Lance Corporal who was court-martialed and eventually discharged because she displayed Bible verses in her personal workspace in the office. And when her sergeant or whoever told her to take them down, she put them back up and then eventually, how did First Liberty Institute get involved? Are you the attorney for Monifa Sterling? Well, thankfully, we've got a Marine on staff at First Liberty Institute. Mike Barry is his name, and he's been the lead counsel from First Liberty on this case. But, you know, Monifa Sterling is also being represented by uh, Paul Clement, the former Solicitor General of the United States of America. Paul has argued, I think, in every single federal court that exists right now, including the Supreme Court of the United States. In fact, he holds, I think, the record right now for people alive that have argued before the Supreme Court of the United States more than anybody else who's currently alive. Uh, this is how we work at First Liberty Institute. We get experts in the law, like Mike Berry, who understands not only the First Amendment, but also as a Marine Corps JAG officer for several years, he's able to navigate the ins and outs of, of the military code. And then we partner with volunteer counsel like Paul Clement, uh, experts in the field uh, of appellate advocacy and otherwise. And so we've got a Lance Corporal or a former Lance Corporal who's represented by not just one, but two experts in the law as they continue to push their case forward. So can you give us some of the details of her timeline? She was serving her country honorably, and then what happened? Yeah, she was a Lance Corporal in the, in the Marine Corps, probably not the best fit for the Marine Corps and probably not the best Marine that is out there. But nonetheless, uh, she had put on her workstation, like a typical cubicle, uh, a couple printouts of a Bible verse. And that Bible verse was, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Well, evidently her XO thought that that was a little bit of an aggressive statement, probably directed at her. I don't know that it was necessarily, but she had put that Bible verse printed out on a small piece of paper on her computer screen. And the, uh, the officer took it down, threw it away in the trash can. And Monifo printed that back out saying, hey, look, there's other people that have quotations at their workstations. Why can't I have a Bible verse put on there? Uh, and she was uh, brought up on charges, a lot of different charges. One of them was that she had actually uh, disobeyed the, the order to remove that Bible verse from her workstation. Uh, unfortunately, the, the court that heard that, that court martial uh, ruled that Monifa could not plead the Religious Freedom Restoration Act because 
The posting of a Bible verse was not religious enough activity to merit, to, to merit protection under RIFRA. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I would think that a Bible verse would be the most a, a convenient example of how religious activity takes place. And so that's the part of her, uh, her, 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 her uh, court-martial that we have appealed to the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces. Those arguments were earlier this year at the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces, which is the highest uh, appellate court in the military. Uh, they have uh, upheld that decision by the district court. And now we're, I think we're going to be forced to file that now an appeal before the Supreme Court of the United States, the last body that we can actually appeal to in her case. Uh, well, besides RIFRA, uh, of course, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act is important, but you would think that First Amendment freedom of the press would be involved. You can print something that may be offensive to others, or certainly freedom of speech or freedom of religious expression. Uh, it, are these courts now, and you mentioned the military appeals court that denied her appeal, are they just ignoring the Constitution and enforcing political correctness? You know, I don't know, but here's why this case is so important. Uh, th this case is important because we've now had a federal judge, in this case in the military, and now a court of appeals in, in the, uh, within the federal system, that have now declared that RIFRA does not apply in this case, that, that it's not sufficient religious enough activity to merit protection under the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Well, the reason that's so important is that that federal decision will leak over into other areas of federal uh, practices. And so Monifa was a federal employee for all uh, intents and purposes. Other federal employees and other buildings across the country and other federal employments, they're going to be faced with, they're going to now have to face this lawsuit as it appeals within the, the court system itself. They may have it applied to them as well. We don't want that to be happening either. No one should be punished for their faith when at work. You're right, and this reminds me of my case. I was a Navy chaplain punished for praying in Jesus' name. I appealed all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court and they recently declined to grant my writ of certiorari. And unfortunately, they now have conflicting cases where in 1997, Rigdon versus Perry said that RIFRA does protect people in the military, particularly Chaplain uh, Rigdon at that time. And then now in my case, the DC Court of Appeals uh, ruled three to zero that RIFRA does not apply to protect chaplains who pray in Jesus' name. So we have these conflicting statutes. Will the Supreme Court weigh in? I sure hope so, and I think they need to right now because uh, our, our court of, our, our, I'm sorry, our, our men and women in the service right now deserve as much protection as we do. They fight for our freedoms day in and day out. Uh, and you know that better than anybody, chaps, that they, they work diligently to make sure that you and I, in civilian terms now, have as much freedom as possible. We should never deny our men and women in the armed services uh, their freedom of religion as well. They give Absolutely. up a lot of stuff to, to be able to defend you and I in this country. Uh, one of those things is not and should never be the freedom of religion. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, a Christian school in Florida is told they cannot have a prayer before a football game. This is PIJN News, defending your religious freedom. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you care about defending religious liberty? I know you do. And that's why I'm asking you to take action today. Don't just sit there, but do something. Visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org, and sign a petition that we will fax to Congress on your behalf. In fact, there are three specific petitions I want you to sign to defend military chaplains who are under fire. The first is to support 
HR 343. This is a bill introduced in Congress by my friend, Congressman Walter Jones of North Carolina, to protect free speech for military chaplains who are sometimes punished if they use the word Jesus in their prayers. Well, if you know my story, you know that I was punished in 2006, uh, even at court martial, because I used the word Jesus in my prayers in uniform in front of the White House. Well, I was later vindicated by Congress who said it's okay for me to do that. But did you know 65 other chaplains are now suing the Navy? I was not the only person. Our second petition I want you to sign is to protect military chapel buildings, which are being desecrated. Christian altars, Catholic or Protestant, are being desecrated by homosexual wedding ceremonies in all 50 states under this order by the Obama administration. Well, that deprives all of our soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines of a sacred worship space, which ought to be protected. And instead, they're gonna punish the chaplain if he won't turn over the keys to his chapel. Here's another petition I want you to sign, and this is to stop threatening court-martial for troops who talk about Jesus. Even recently, the Pentagon is saying, oh, we're gonna threaten you with a crime of proselytizing. No, that's not right. Any soldier ought to be able to talk about his or her faith in Jesus Christ and to have that same religious freedom of speech that we sacrifice to give for others. When you sign these petitions, we will fax them to Congress, and it's free. I want you to take action today. Sign these three important petitions at PrayInJesusName.org. Go there today. Empowering you, the grassroots activist. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back, I'm Dr. Chaps. We're joined again by Jeremy Dice, live via Skype video from Plano, Texas. Firstliberty.org is your website. Talk about your law firm, Kelly Shackelford founded this. What do you guys do? We are a nationwide religious liberty law firm. That's all we do here at First Liberty. We're, we're, we're committed to restoring religious liberty for all Americans in this country. We do that in the schoolhouse, within the church itself, in the public square, and we especially fight for religious liberty within the military as well. That's all we do, protect religious liberty for all Americans. And you take pro bono cases. If somebody's in trouble, you go there. Like recently, you went to Florida and now you're representing this Christian school. We just reported last week is under fire, told by the state of Florida and their athletic association that you cannot use a public microphone to say a prayer, even if you are a Christian private school before a football game. How is that possible? Well, it's, it shouldn't be legal, that's for sure, and, and we believe it's not. The Florida High School Athletic Association told Cambridge Christian School and their opponent in the state high school championship game last year, University Christian School, two Christian schools, they could not continue their tradition of praying over the loudspeaker prior to kickoff. Now, you need to understand that Cambridge and University Christian, but Cambridge, our client, has been praying over the loudspeaker prior to the start of all their athletic contests for going on now 50 years, it's a big tradition. It's a way to unify not only the, the kids on the field, but with their parents sitting in the stands. And on a football field, the only way to really do that is to use the PA system. So they asked for permission to do that prior to the state championship game at, Citrus, at the Citrus Bowl last year in Orlando. Uh, and, and the Florida High School Athletic Association said, no, hey, this is a state property, it's a state microphone, and we're a state actor, you can't use religious speech on the, that microphone. And so they allowed the cheerleaders to do their halftime routine using the PA system. They allowed various announcements to, do, to be made about 
secular uh, advertisements to be made during the, the program. It was just the religious speech that they said was the problem. Well, unfortunately for the FHSAA, that's unconstitutional and it's illegal and it needs to stop now. So when they try to do these speech filters, right? They say that secular speech is allowed, but religious speech is not allowed. How do you even differentiate if a word or a phrase is too religious? How can it, is there anybody who can impartially decide that? Well, that's why we, we should always have the state being neutral to the content of the speech that's going to be uh, argued or being presented here. And in this case, it was going to be a prayer. What the state should have done was to say, hey, look, we're going to be neutral in this situation. We're, we've already opened up a forum for private speech to take place. Whatever comes out of the mouth is, is the responsibility of the person who is actually speaking. The Constitution forbids a state actor, in this case, the, the High School Athletic Association in Florida, it prevents them from being hostile towards religion, which is exactly what they've now done. They can't pick and choose between the viewpoints that are being expressed by a private speaker and censor religious speech to the, at the expense of other speech. That's unconstitutional, and we've now asked a court to declare that as much. Well, you would think that if it's a private Christian school that Christian parents are paying extra to send their Christian children for a Christian education. Was there any atheist complainer in the audience who raised their hand and said, hey, I'm offended by that prayer? Look, the funny thing here is that no one, I think, in the Western Hemisphere would have confused two Christian schools playing in the championship game, I don't think they would have thought anyone, it would have thought anyone that, uh, that, that two Christian schools would have been, you know, the speech of the state somehow. That just isn't gonna be the case. Clearly, these are two Christian schools playing one another with a long-standing tradition of opening their games with prayer. Uh, certainly that speech would not have been attributed to the state. The mere fact that religious speech takes place on public property is not sufficient to convert that into the speech of the state. What the Florida High School Athletic Association should have done here was to simply permit that 30 second or less prayer to have taken place and remained neutral to the content of the speech being presented. They didn't, and as a result, they've now been hostile to religious, the free exercise of religion. And I'm afraid for Florida High School Athletic Association, they're going to have to pay a very stiff penalty for doing so. Now, I know there's been a couple of cases recently. The Supreme Court in 2014 ruled in Greece versus Galloway that it's okay for a pastor to say a Christian prayer before a state legislature, or in that case, the town of Greece, New York, and their city council meetings. Now, more recently, the Fourth Circuit has reversed their ban in Rowan County, North Carolina, to say, two to one decision, that it's okay for a Christian city council member or county commissioner to say a prayer before a county commissioner meeting. So that's a government microphone and even a government elected official saying a Christian prayer and that's allowed. So what has the Florida circuit decided regarding government speech with religious content? Yeah, that's the great news is that there are a number of really good cases right on point in this situation. In fact, uh, so on point that they've taken place in front of football games in the past. Uh, and what the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals has said is that, look, the, the government cannot pick and choose between religious speech and secular speech, favoring secular speech over religious private speech. The state has to remain neutral to the content of that speech. And when they don't do that, when they discriminate based upon the viewpoint being expressed, that's unconstitutional. As the court has said, 
They cannot banish religious speech to whispers in, in broom closets of the public schools. The mere <laughs> fact, the court has said, that this takes place on public school property is not sufficient for the state to censor that speech. Uh, we believe that that is the correct interpretation of the Constitution, that our founding fathers uh, have, have had a long, enacted a long-standing tradition of religious speech before public bodies and on public property. And, and we believe the court will agree with us that this type of censorship is unconstitutional, illegal, and must stop. Amen and amen. We're gonna take another short break. When we come back, a woman is arrested by the police in her own home, and the police say she's not allowed to pray. Giving you a megaphone in Washington, D.C. Dr. Chaps will be right back. Do you ever pray and sometimes you feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling and they don't get to God or maybe you don't get the result that you hoped for? I'm Dr. Chaps and I want to make available to you a new resource, a four-part video Bible teaching series on how to pray effective prayers. Did you know God has given us instructions in the Bible? For example, in 1 Timothy 2, there are four different Greek words for four different kinds of prayers, supplication, petition, intercession, and thanksgiving. If you don't understand the way God teaches us to pray, then we cannot expect the result for which we hope. I'm asking you to get this important Bible video teaching series on DVD for a suggested donation of only $30. Call us right now at 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Or visit our website, PrayInJesusName.org and get this important video resource for your family. Call us right now. You know, people ask me, chaps, we're watching on this network. We've already set our DVR to record your shows, but our friends don't have this network or maybe they can't watch at this time. Did you know we are on demand on 10 different platforms? You can tell your friends to find this show, PIJN News, on their Roku box or their Amazon Fire box. Just look under the religion or news categories. Or maybe you have a smartphone or your friends or grandchildren can find us on Android TV, Google TV, Smart TV, or iTunes. Of course, we're always on the internet. Look for us on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, or better yet, subscribe to our daily email alerts at PrayInJesusName.org. It's important that you share all of these available platforms with your friends so we can mobilize all of the body of Christ to pray the news and change the world. Would you join us? Visit PrayInJesusName.org to learn more. He is the intersection of church and state. Here is Dr. Chaps. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Chaps. Joined for one last segment with our new friend, Jeremy Dice from firstliberty.org, live via Skype from Plano, Texas. Jeremy, welcome back to the program. This woman, Mary Ann Sauce, am I saying that right? Has, has been arrested by the police. Uh, what was it, a noise disturbance? How did they come to her house? Well, uh, let me make one quick correction. She wasn't arrested for, for a variety of things, but she was in her home late one night outside of Kansas City uh, in government housing. And, and she, she's an elderly, young elderly woman that lives by herself. Uh, late at night, uh, someone knocks on the door and, and she goes to answer but can't see out the peephole. And so she's a little afraid she doesn't answer it. it comes back a couple minutes later, uh, opens at this time, and it's the police that are standing there. They demand to be let in, and she says, look, I don't have to let you in. Happens to have a copy of the Constitution just sitting right by the door, holds it up and says, hey, this says that I don't have to let you in without a warrant. And they say to her, hey, that's just a piece of paper. It doesn't apply here. 
And so they, they kind of talk their way into her house. And, and to make a long story short, they, they sort of walk around the house for a long period of time, never announce why they're there, make a lot of threats that she might be going to jail. And ultimately they say, hey, look, get yourself ready. You are going to jail. She gets scared, obviously, as an elderly lady by herself in her home and an officer telling her she's going to go to jail. So she says, hey, can I pray? And the officer sort of laughs and says, yeah, sure, whatever. She hits her knees in silent prayer. And pretty soon another police officer comes in the room and says, what is she doing? And says, well, she's praying, get up, you're going to jail. Well, Marianne never does go to jail, but the, these two armed officers of the state tell her that she can't pray. And what's worse is that when she, when she goes to court, she asks the court for protection, saying, look, I should be allowed to pray in my own home and the police shouldn't tell me I can't. When that happens, the court, who I think should know better, the court says, look, you may have been offended, but that wasn't a substantial burden on the exercise of your religion. Well, if two police officers with guns on their belt telling an old lady that she can't pray in her home isn't a substantial burden on the free exercise of religion, I'm hard-pressed to know what is. And so we've asked the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals to invalidate that decision and allow her to go forward and plead correctly for protection under the First Amendment. Well, good for you. We discern upon you the, the spirit of God and, and the spirit of courage and upon this lady, Marianne Sauce, this elderly young woman who is out there trying to, uh, to do these peaceful things. Did they ever decide why she was arrested? There were no neighbor complaints or she wasn't being loud, obviously. What, why did they come to her house? Well, uh, funny enough, as they left, after about an hour's worth of being in her home, as they left, the police officer said, oh yeah, by the way, turn your radio down. That's why we came out here. It's a noise complaint. Well, look, if the police officers believe that the Constitution is just a piece of paper, it's, it's no wonder that they threatened her with jail time for praying in her house. But it's more offensive to me as an attorney, as someone who went to law school, as I assume this district court judge did as well, that a judge would say, look, we understand that you may have been offended at the police officers telling you that you can't pray in your own home, but that's not a substantial burden on the free exercise of your religion. Well, goodness sakes, an old lady living by herself in government subsidized housing, being told by the police that she can't pray in the sanctity of her own home, that should shock and scare every single freedom-loving American in this country. You're right, and this is America, I, I assume, was this case in Florida also? That was in Kansas, as a matter of fact. Oh, it was in Kansas, of all places. You know, one of the most religious and conservative states in America. This reminds me of Solzhenitsyn, who wrote in the Gulag Archipelago, uh, in the Soviet Union, we have freedom to pray, so long as God is the only one who hears you pray. So <laughs> when the government hears you pray, and the police are standing in your living room telling you, stop praying, I think we have reached Soviet-like proportions. Yeah, look, I, I just don't think that our founding fathers would have contemplated a, a, a Lance Corporal being uh, kicked out of the military in part because she put a Bible verse on her computer screen. I can't imagine that James Madison would have been happy about uh, the Florida High School Athletic Association condemning and preventing two Christian schools from praying over the loudspeaker prior to a football game. And I certainly believe that our, our founding fathers were, would be against and number one, the police saying that the Constitution is just a piece of paper that doesn't apply in someone's home, but worse, a judge saying that, yeah, you may be offended, but uh, no, that's not a substantial burden on the free exercise of your religion. religion. All these things amount to the same thing, the lessening of freedom. And that's why we are here to defend your first freedom, because when you get rid of the first freedom, religious liberty, all the rest of our freedoms go away as well.
Yes, I've heard it said, uh, in fact, uh, one of my dear friends in, in Washington DC taught me that if you don't have religious freedom, then none of your other First Amendment freedoms apply because if you, have, if you don't have religious freedom, but you do have freedom of the press, you still cannot print about religious topics. Or if you, if you don't have religious freedom, but you do have freedom of speech or assembly, then you still cannot assemble for religious reasons or talk about religious things because they take away all your other freedoms based on your religious viewpoint. Look, the enemies of freedom can never have a competition uh, to someone uh, to their own authority. And, and the greatest competition to the enemies of freedom is, is, is a divine being. And so it's very clear, if you look, you mentioned Solzhenitsyn, all these totalitarian countries around the, the world, the very first thing that their totalitarian governments do is remove the freedom of religion, the free exercise thereof, because they can't have a competitor. And so what we are seeing here is that throughout the country, people who are against freedom and are unwilling to admit that there is a higher authority even than government itself are working to to prevent the free exercise of religion uh, so that they can uh, they, they can maintain their own uh, own power uh, look we don't need to have hostility towards religion in this country that's not what the founding fathers put together they wanted a country that was free to be able to engage your faith fully within the public square and in the case of marianne sauce within your own home you guys have put together a study uh, and I guess you do this every year, but you're counting the number of specific anti-religious liberty persecutions happening here in America. And you've seen the number triple over the previous year. What, why do you think this is happening? And, and talk about that study. Well, I think that the, because our study is called the Undeniable. It's a religious, uh, our, our survey on religious hostility in America every year. We put it out annually, and you're right, it goes up every single year. These are documented instances of hostility towards religion in this country, which is further proof for those who question that these things are actually going on. Uh, and you can download that, by the way, at firstliberty.org and look at it for yourself for free. Uh, but look, why is this going on? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. One, because the, those who would oppose freedom have been long pounding the drum of this so-called separation of church and state, which just simply does not exist. And, and they've beaten that drum for so long, people are beginning to believe that it's true. Uh, but number two, the reason that we see an increase in these things is that people are unwilling to stand up for the religious liberty. They're scared, they're afraid, or maybe they have other reasons for not doing so. Uh, and so if, if, if we do not engage these issues, of course we're going to lose our freedoms and slowly over time. But what's interesting is that at First Liberty Institute, we have a win rate in these cases of over 90%. That means that when we get involved in these cases, we win. And when more people are willing to, to stand up for the religious liberty, you're going to win as well. And freedom will ultimately be the victor. Amen and amen. We have just 30 seconds here. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Father in heaven, we ask your blessing on the work of First Liberty Institute. Father, we ask you to give vindication for these three cases that we've discussed today and all the other instances around America where Christians are being persecuted for their faith. God bless you, Jeremy Dice. God bless uh, your work and our, your website is firstliberty.org. Our website is prayinjesusname.org. Please call us if you need prayer, 866-Obey-God. Again, that's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. God bless you in Jesus' name. We'll see you next time.
Chaplain Klingenschmidt is a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy who earned his Ph.D. in theology from Regent University. As a former Navy chaplain, by taking a public stand for freedom of speech and religious expression, and by sacrificing his own 16-year career and million-dollar pension, he was vindicated by the U.S. Congress, who changed the law and restored freedom for military chaplains to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps not only defended the Constitution, but his petitions have helped change the law in 10 states, restoring freedom to pray in Jesus' name. Dr. Chaps needs your financial support to stay on the air. Would you please send your best donation today? Please visit PrayInJesusName.org to donate online. Or you can mail a check to Pray In Jesus Name Ministries, Post Office Box 77077, Colorado Springs, Colorado 80970. You can also call us toll free right now at 866-Obey-God. That's 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D. Please sign up for our free emails at PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org.